very pleased to be joined on the CrossRip here by Mr. Dan Aykroyd himself. Thank you, sir, for being here and talking with us here on the CrossRip. Well, sure. Uh, so, 30 plus years, you know, after you guys go to Martha's Vineyard, you're working on the script for the original film. Here we are, we're in front of Hook and Ladder 8, you're sitting on the hood of the caddy, it's still going strong. What do you think it is about this property that that keeps you excited, that keeps fans excited? It, it, it really is, it really is the followers, the fans, the people that embraced it and made it their own. We created it, originated it, and then gave it into the, uh, into the atmosphere, and then people brought it back to earth and made it their own, and I think that's, that's it's, it's something that people can really own. They can build a pack, they can get a car, they can, they can play with their children, and God knows we, we, uh, we don't play with our children enough. It truly creates kind of a, a really a, a wide breadth of, uh, of entertainment uh, and fun experience, you know, from, uh, from all different media now, as we're seeing with the VR and the games we've had before. Uh, three movies now, and uh, the hit song, and uh, the, um, the uh, toys, uh, have, uh, have really been uh, a tribute to uh, how much the fans have, em have embraced it. And it's really because the people made it their own. I mean, you're, you're sitting here, you're, you're looking at a fan group that's dressed up as Ghostbusters. I, I, you're wearing the Louisiana Ghostbusters shirt. I know how hard they work, the fans, yeah. building the packs and uh, and making metic making the the uh, making the jumpsuits and uh, and all the equipment meticulous uh, and representing us uh, in every community that they are across the uh, the country and across the world. They they re they represent us uh, really really well, and uh, so we're happy to have them here at headquarters today. Yeah. You know, it's their office, really. So Chris and I are curious, there's, you know, we always say that there's generations of comedians, there's generations of comedy, there's specific tastes in the 70s, the tastes were different than the 80s, the 90s, today. Uh, do you think that the comedy itself changes, or do you think the audience continues changing? What, or, or both? Like, how do, how do the comedians keep well, I think there's just things that are always going to make us laugh, uh, and then uh, just keep getting re-exploited, you know, humor of identification that you can see someone's situation uh, through some comic interpretation. You know, scatological humor is never going to change. There's always going to be, you know, uh, that. And uh, that, that, that's just something that'll never change. Even uh, good slapstick and physical humor uh, will always, uh, always be effective. So I think there are just some things in the, in the, in the human humor bone that, uh, that, that will never change. Uh, and then uh, there are just, I think, new interpretations, more radical interpretations by artists, and then more uh, acceptance by audiences. So those three things have kind of exploded comedy to where it is today, where uh, you have all these clubs all over the place, comedy records are coming back, comedy movies have always been uh, the most popular um, in, the, in the various genres, and uh, I, I think it's those three things. A lot of people have a voice, like podcasting, a lot of people have a voice now through the internet and things like that. Yeah, and, and humans are funny, they like to laugh. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. And make people laugh too, yeah. So I know you got a scoot, so uh, one last question, because you did mention over there, you guys are working on a lot of great stuff here. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. stuff. All the, uh, the animated idea, this could be really, really fun. So we're working on that. Yeah. Where the animated film, where is that at right now? You guys are still mm, working on we it? Have, uh, we, have, we have writers in process now with the studio very enthusiastic about it. Yeah. 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 Well, and uh, the, yeah. one, if you have anything you want to say to the fans, knowing that they all listen to the crossroads. You know, it's your, it's your, uh, you know, you are the Ghostbusters. You, it's, it's, it belongs to you, and we just hope to live up to uh, your expectations by, by just creating, uh, you know, fun ideas, whether they be television, animated, whether they be uh, new films or books, 
just ideas that, that, that keep the original characters going and develop and, uh, and bring up our cadet corps, like young uh, Daniel Luna over there. <laughs> Little guy. Uh, he's yeah, beautiful, yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, you guys. Still Playing With Toys presents the 100th episode of the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. The biggest podcast since 1909. So great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! I don't know if you've seen it, but there are photos of the German gift shop uh, up online oh no i haven't seen those it's uh it's pretty i mean it's it's at least from the photos that the uh the ghostbusters neater sock suction sock soxen neater soxen i don't know it sounds like n- nether socks to me nether neater soxen uh but they they posted some photos of the gift shop and there's like uh ghostbusters 5d hoodies and t-shirts and and that kind of stuff but then they also have all of the legos and all of the candy and uh you know it's, it looks looks like it's pretty cool it doesn't look too nice. big i mean it doesn't look like the universal florida store but uh yeah but still yeah it's a gift shop it's a ghostbusters themed gift shop i mean come on yeah new stuff showing up in mexico too somebody uh ghostbusters mexico posted a picture of like i think it might be like erasers or something oh oh and, yeah i did i think i saw that like the the Stay puffed uh, shaped erasers, those ones. Yeah. Kind of on that blister pack. It's really kind of funny because the they have the logo one, which is you know just taken from the logo, and then for reasons I don't quite understand because it's been that way in the past as well. They issued. Uh, 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 I don't know what a good word is. Uh, that's a pretty good word. I mean, that's a thank you. It's a ten dollar word for the union. Yeah, provided I'm using it right. I have no idea. But they, uh, they, uh, forewent. They passed on the, um, the, the, the art, you know, the art guide, uh, uh, assets. And right. they made, you know, a new, somebody drew a new Stay Puff and Slimer. Did which, their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. It's on funny. the one hand, it's like, it doesn't, it pops out as, you know, it's not not quite as slick or as polished as the, the art guide. But on the other hand, I'm like, but it's new. I haven't yeah, seen you know that slimer that stayed up a million times. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. It kind of reminded me of the uh, the McDonald's real Ghostbusters uh, mm. Stay Puffed uh, eraser. Exactly. Yeah, that's, it had that sort of feel to it. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, stuff stuff's happening. But hey, welcome everybody. As you uh, may or may not have have heard, this is our 100th episode. This is uh, again got to mark got to mark a milestone here because that's that's a lot of hours of Chris and I talking shop here. That's that's some, some serious <laughs> podcasting. Talk talking shop. <laughs> talking something. Talking. I don't know what we're talking. I don't know what we talk about. My wife asks Jive all the talking. time what we talk about. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this this is a fun one. You uh, you heard the silky pipes of Mr. Dan Aykroyd at the top of the show. Uh, very cool. And then we also have uh, Ivan Reitman coming up here in, in just a little bit. So it's jam jam packed this 100th episode. We really wanted to do it uh, with a bang. But uh, 
Uh, Chris, you last week you promised that you would be working on a drink. Now, uh, full disclosure, you've been hard at work at a project that uh, has taken all of your time that's coming up this weekend here. So I will not blame you if you don't have a drink uh, right now. But what uh, uh, did, did it end up happening? But I do, yeah. The the zombie taxi driver. You did the zombie taxi driver. Yeah. Uh, what? So what was the uh, the concoction here? Oh, I cheated. It's a zombie with uh, replacing uh, the, some of the fruit juice with uh, ecto cooler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, zombie is kind of either one of those really uh, cheap and dirty holiday drinks. Like if you go on vacation uh, somewhere with a, a, a beach. Yeah, in the uh, southern hemisphere. Yeah, it's one of those uh, blue drinks with an umbrella kind of thing, right? Yeah, like they just they just whatever their their rum concoction on hand is and fruit juice and ice and ta-da. Or you could go all the way up to like super fancy ones where they're like one part light rum, one part medium rum, <laughs> one part gold rum. I'm like. <sighs> With a floater. Really? Yeah. Yeah. One part dark <laughs> rum. And I'm like, yes, because I'm really going to be able to taste the dark rum from the light rum. Let's do this. Uh, and then, you know, some careful balance of fruit juice and all that. And that's, like I said, it's a, it's a, you can kind of mix and match it however you want. Uh, in, I went for, uh, um, uh, rum and ecto cooler. I may tinker a bit with, because uh, some of them have like that. Uh, I mean, it's a cocktail and a fancy cocktail uh, to boot if you want it to be. And uh, there's a couple of recipes that throw in like that uh, and a hit of this to give it a little extra taste, and yeah. then those vary too. And uh, I don't think I don't think I'm done experimenting. As you said, things have been busy, and had I had more time, I probably would have tinkered around a bit more. I think the summer is going to be um, fraught with uh more of these yeah i'm going to yeah. eschew water this summer <laughs> and i'm going to make more that, zombie that taxi sounds drivers dangerous i'm not gonna lie to you that that might not be the sitting, best of ideas especially during the summer in. it's hot <laughs> worry about you i'll have ice cubes i'll be fine <laughs> i'm gonna sit on the patio and i'm gonna drink well, that's uh, that's the way uh, to do it. That's the way to get through a summer vacation. <laughs> yeah, like. the, the one today is not terribly fancy. I, no, will, I will admit uh, that in my rush, it's it's not a it's not the because <laughs> one of them is like uh, like I said, uh, four types of rum, and then uh, one of them is like you find their 151 proof rum. Like yeah, the 151 on top there. Yeah, like, it's the killer rum, and I'm like, what the hell is that for? And I'm like, you put that in last really slowly, and then you set it on fire, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right, calm down. <laughs> We're done it's, here. It's just me. At, at a certain point, it gets a little ridiculous if you're lighting your own drink on fire. Yeah, you uh, will be able to distinguish one rum from another, and then one of them. We're even going to set it on fire. We're going to set it on fire. Oh I'm like, man! Oh, that's a, that's what we call a waste. So. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you and I were in the same boat because I, I, I quickly in a rush was like, what do I have in the house? And all I have is uh, two pallets of Ecto Cooler and a giant uh, Crystal Head Vodka Skull. So I, I made myself there a Crystal go. Cooler uh, at the last minute. Uh, no, nice. no champagne as promised because 
uh, one, I'm poor, and two, there just wasn't time to go buy champagne. So, uh, but yeah, regardless, that, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna cheers you guys uh, from from afar. Thank you for yeah. for 100 episodes for joining us for all 100 of them here, or for a part of them. You don't have to have listened to all 100. I don't blame you. I haven't listened to all 100, and I made them, so <laughs> I I can't blame you if you haven't. I'm barely listening now. So <laughs> that's you and I both. We phoned this in quite literally. Um, what was that? What? Huh? Hmm? Hmm? Come again? Uh, I was uh, playing Candy Crush. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. But <laughs> hey, uh, so we do have some news before we get into our, our conversation here with Mr. Ivan Reitman. Um, so let's let's do a little bit of news and then let's get to what everybody's tuning in for. No, Nobody cares that it's our 100th episode. You care about listening to <laughs> no. Mr. Ivan Reitman. And I, again, I don't blame you. I totally understand. So uh, let's jump into news and then we'll get into our interview. Here we go. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, so at the top of the show, uh, Chris uh, alluded to Heide Park in Germany, and the gift yeah. shop was what we were talking about there. Uh, it is open. It opened this past week on Monday to a great fanfare. Uh, there were, I know. Uh, pyrotechnics, there was smoke, there were explosions, and a bunch of people running in the gates. So uh, that's, be safe out there, Heide Park. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, looked, it looked like either a riot scene or the opening of a theme park. It was a little disturbing. But uh, but yeah, it sounds like uh, Ghost Corps was there, and uh, the, the ride is operating and running, and uh, our, our Ghostbusters friends, the Niedersachsen uh, Ghost, uh, Ghostbusters were there, um, not to be confused with the Ghostbusters of Deutschland, right? There, I think there are separate groups, and yes. there's a little bit of a rivalry there that I don't understand. So, guys, be gentle if we're getting it wrong. But, um, but yeah, it looks like everybody was on hand. It was back and, uh, several hundred years. It's <laughs> well, there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, involves I don't know castles probably. Yeah. Uh, if I knights. know my European history, it probably involves castles. Yeah, castles, castles and cool knights and armor. Um, but anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's, it is open for those of you that are in the area or close by to, uh, proximity of Germany that you can make it over there. Um, hi- highly recommend it. Um, I'm intrigued, Chris, uh, I, obviously by the ride, I want to ride the ride and play the game. And it looks like it's a lot of fun as a dark ride that's interactive, but, um, the hotel that we talked about, uh, Eric, uh, at ghost core, good friend of the show out there. He posted a few pictures up, uh, you know, he's very proud because this is one of his pet projects that he's had at ghost core. And, uh, the hotel room has a, a lot of themed items, uh, with throughout the hotel room that I want. Uh, there's like, um, I'm trying to think of one offhand, like the lamps look like the containment units. Uh, and then there was something on the desk that it, at first looked like it was an alarm clock to me, but I guess it's a ghost trap safe. I need that. I, I, I need one of those. How do we, <laughs> who, who custom built these things or skin these things that we can end up purchasing them from? Exactly. That's, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, did you see that? It's, it's a safe that Eric says that if you, you use the proton blaster that has like a black light on it again, don't, don't go down that road. We've already been there, uh, but it's got a black light on it that you kind of search the room and you can find the number to open the safe. And then inside there is, uh, 
uh, a surprise for, for the kids that are, are in the room. So I don't know what the surprise is. Obviously, that would ruin it if he told us what it was. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to go. I want to do this. Yeah. I, you don't have to stay in the Ghostbusters themed room. That's okay. I know that you're you're a little uneasy about that, but uh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take that one for the team. Though, frankly, if you're going to go all that distance, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't... I haven't uh, I won't preclude it yet. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say if you're going that distance, you should really see some castles. <laughs> I thought you were well, going to go in that direction. I mean, <laughs> I would do. I would. I would obviously make a trip to Germany and and do other things besides the Ghostbuster because I, I haven't been to Germany and since I was a baby. My parents took me when I was really really little, so it's. I think I'm due. I need to go out there and actually see and experience things, and go to um, Oktoberfest. You know, because uh, you have to. Yeah. Uh, when in Germany, you got to go to Oktoberfest. So yeah, it's a law. Yeah, it's, it's a law. Um, you, come through, you come through the, the border and they're like, are you going? And you're like, nope. And they're like, well, you're not coming in. So how many steins how do you can like you carry? Mm, nope, sorry. We're only letting people in. They can carry four at a time. Four. How do you like them strudel? You're not coming in. <laughs> Just Nope, back is the line. Thank you. Oh, Thank I, you. I, I do quite enjoy strudel, though. I only use strudel because I couldn't remember what apple was in German, so. Apfel, it's easy. Apfel, is yeah, it? Oh. yeah, totally. Ooh, okay, there we go. Um, but hey, welcome to uh, German <laughs> lessons. Welcome to Berlitz classes here on the uh, Crossroad. Uh, I, I got her number. How do you like <laughs> Sam apples? <laughs> German will hunting. Um, well, anyway, so uh, before we deviate too much, here, <laughs> let's talk about the void. Uh, good Wilhelm, uh, good Wilhelm good Jager. <laughs> I got her number. How bravo. do you like Sam apples? Oh, bravo! That's that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> what is in this drink? I don't know, man. That's zombie. You did hit the 151. You you drank the floater, and you're already in good shape. So. I couldn't bring myself to light it on fire, so I just left it. I uh, just ingested it. Uh, yeah. It tastes like burning. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the void in Linden, Utah. Yeah, uh, we we did have uh, Jake. We're idiots. We're idiots. We are idiots. It's we, like. Where should this open next? Maybe the state where they made it. That's oh, yeah. A we're, good idea. we're 0 for 3 here now because uh, <sighs> so we've got Dubai uh, and now Utah is the uh, next. And, and obviously, it makes sense. It's where their headquarters are. It looks like they've got a really great building in Linden, Utah that's just outside of Salt Lake City. Um, yeah. and, and it also sounds like this was something that they were doing as a trial run. Um, almost much like, you know, when you go to a brewery and they have a tap room, uh, they, they put the Ghostbusters dimension experience into their headquarters for a limited time only kind of thing. Uh, and of course it sold out instantaneously. And so it sounds like it's going to be a permanent attraction there for the time being, just because demand is so high. They want to, uh, want to give people a chance to do this. So, uh, now, now we have, uh, New York and Utah. They're slowly making their way West, um, I'm going to guess Nevada now. I'm guessing it's going to be Las Vegas as opposed to, I was thinking yeah. LA, New York, Chicago, but uh, hit it, hit it where the, the tourism is high. Um, and maybe where, is there a Madame Tussauds in Vegas? Maybe that can be a partnership. Maybe they can start teaming mm. up with those wax museums or something. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You think there must be something, but uh, yeah. So uh, at any rate, uh, hit up the void website. And if you are in the area, you can uh, pre-reserve tickets that way. You, you do have to book in advance. You can't just show up. So make sure that uh, if you do want to do that and you're making the trek uh, from, you know, Colorado or Kansas or any place nearby that before you drive all the way up there, make sure that you buy your tickets just in case. 
Uh, let's see what else is on the the rundown is actually pretty pretty light here. Oh, the proton pack. Oh my god, did you see this? The guitar, the Devil and Sons proton pack guitar. I sure did. It's insanity. I mean, it's expensive, but it's insanity. It's super cool. <laughs> it's uh, so if you haven't seen it out there, it's the the 2016 proton pack um, where the neck of the guitar is a real, you know, just, it looks like the neck of a, a guitar, but then the body of a guitar is the proton pack backpack itself. So that the, the synchrotron ends up being kind of, you know, where you strum the strings and everything. Um, but it lights up and it looks like it's a pretty accurate replica of, of the actual packs. I mean, a lot of work went into this thing. It's, it's pretty impressive. Which means yeah. that it's also really expensive. I don't know what really the dollars expensive. to pounds is right now, but it's thirty five hundred pounds. So that's, that's the like old wisdom half again for something grand, right? Mind you, these days with Brexit, the pound is not what it used to be. Oh, so okay, who knows? so it, it may it may be a one to one at this point. I don't know. Could be, but still, I mean, so like. Not not affordable. I I can't drop <laughs> thirty five hundred bucks on a, a guitar. I don't even no. know how to play a guitar. I mean, it looks cool, but uh, it would be completely wasted on me. So uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully yeah. somebody out there ends up uh, giving it a good home and and playing it. But it's pretty to look at. Very pretty to look. It's at. Very pretty to look at. And um, is it one of a kind? I that's yes. the one thing I didn't look into. Okay, it is. They uh, they have a section where they make what they first as much as I can tell their one-off, vaguely impractical guitars that they call, what was it, uh, Shatter, uh, Shattercasters? Sh- yeah, Shattercasters. Uh, it's kind of a term they've made yeah. for, you know, instead of a Stratocaster. Play, a play a, on the Stratocaster, know, yeah. A weird thing that we've turned into a guitar, as far as I can tell, because they have uh, dozens of these very uh, ornate, uh, complicated, themed guitars and yeah the 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 i think they call this one the proton caster the proton caster that's cool i believe yeah are these the same guys that did the millennium falcon the kenner millennium yes. falcon is a guitar okay they're yeah, exactly now it's all the making sense guys. to me yeah. yeah uh again it's it's much like the mods that people do for their their pc towers or for their uh, xboxes and stuff i'm just i'm always in awe as to what people can turn things that we are familiar with into uh, practical items with uh, just uh, again, going back to the uh, ghost trap safe. Why has there never been a ghost trap safe before? Come on, <laughs> merchandising people. That's a no brainer, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a super cool one. Uh, definitely again, uh, hopefully it goes to a good home and I'm looking at you, Dan Amrick. Um, yeah. No pressure, man, but I think I that that's custom built for you. Yeah. If that doesn't end up in his house, I'm going to cry. So, uh, let's see what else is, Oh, the Keith Williams interview. This was a funny one. Um, so Chris, you posted this up on the, the proton charging Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, yeah. Keith Williams, uh, a legendary art director, concept, uh, designer, uh, known for, uh, he conceptualized the Billy Jean video. You know, there's that great matte painting psych that he walks in, uh, in front of as he's lighting up the tiles as he walks. And, um, just, uh, just a really great visual guy. The article's headline said something to the effect of meet the man who made the Ghostbusters music video, <laughs> which uh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Uh, I, I can't wait to read this. Uh, and then the Ghostbusters part is limited to like a sentence up at the top. Um, it's a really strange. It amounted to he worked on it. 
He worked on it. Yeah, they filmed this in a house, and uh, Ray Parker Jr. is sort of uh, transparent and and stalking this this poor woman throughout the entire video. And then moving on, let's talk about everything else that he's done. Here's all these other famous people he worked with. Uh, Yeah, I mean, his role is a conceptualist, so... Um, not all directors, I get, I wasn't quite aware. I wasn't really aware of this. I mean, my assumption was, is that when somebody directed a video, the, you know, the video idea was somewhere between the director's vision and the band's vision. You know what I mean? And right, in this case, right. uh, uh, his uh, history, um, which is music video royalty, because he's the one who came up with, uh, the concept for the Buggles video. Yeah, video um, which killed is, the radio course, star, right? The first one played yeah. on on MTV. So right. he, you know, he's got this huge stamp on you know the '80s and music video, the rise of music videos. Uh, but yeah, people came to him and said, "What's the concept for the video?" And he worked it all out, and away they went. So I mean, we can only infer then that you know Ivan Reitman and them were like, "Well, we got a movie." And we got a song. What's gonna look like? Yeah, because that's I. I was always under the impression. Speaking of our our special guest here on the show, that Ivan Reitman had directed the the Ray Parker Jr. video. So so maybe yep. that does make sense. That you know um, Keith conceptualized it. He designed out the sets, or you know sketched out that what the sets were gonna be because th- those are really stylized. You know that's that's Super not a real stylized. bedroom. It's uh it's a very it's a set there. Uh, so maybe he did all of that design, and then uh, Ivan Reitman kind of took it from there. Yeah, and, and actually, it's funny when you you stop and look at that video because I mean, until until this article pointed out that somebody came up with a concept for it, I just sort of blew it off as yeah, neon, got it, whatever. <laughs> but there's a lot. Like the opening shot has this weird. Um, yeah, that street, that sidewalk that uh, the, she walks yeah, in. Yeah, the sh- the shrunk town fire hall with you know a semi stylized uh, city skyline in the yeah. back, and yeah. then it, and then it goes to you know the 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 blacked out blocked house with neon and right, and then right. you know Ray Parker Jr. being uh, superimposed over it and. Yeah, I mean, if Stuff you like that. if you compare that to the Billie Jean video, it makes a lot of sense. That, especially that opening shot. I mean, it looks yeah. it looks like the street scene that's in the Billie Jean video. So uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's a very interesting read. I I don't mean to, um, you know, uh, to demean the quality of the because it's it is a great article and he does talk about riding yes. in a speedboat with Olivia Newton John and he's got all these great <laughs> anecdotes about the people he's worked with, but. But they quite clearly use the word Ghostbusters but they, as yeah, they put Yeah, they put Ghostbusters <laughs> in the headline, and that's what, I, I mean, here we are on a Ghostbusters show, and, and I saw that, and it's it's one of those unexplored areas behind the scenes. We've we've heard a little bit about it. We've heard that Ivan Reitman went around with a camera and, and just, you know, basically uh, ambushed all of his friends to do the cameos uh, for, the, for the Ghostbusters lines, but... Um, but we really don't hear too much about that. Oh, and, and Ray Parker Jr. talks about always that they 
guerrilla style went out onto fifth Avenue with the camera and shot that. And they thought they were going to get arrested. But, uh, so, you know, it's, I, have someday, I hope we actually get the true making of that video and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe we're the guys to do it. Maybe we're going to have to jump in and do it. It was, it was a big tease cause they had a picture yeah. of him at home with his notebooks and all that. And you know, he's got a notebook somewhere yeah. where he doodled out his thoughts. That's what I thought video. we were going to see like, art and all sorts of stuff, ugh. but I, they got me with the clickbait, I guess is what I'm saying. So. Yeah. And that's a, an article that quite frankly could have been useful a year and a half ago when in site then could have right. reached out to yeah. him perhaps and put in something about the video or yeah, expanded could have gone on the video history, stuff. but oh yeah it really yeah. belongs there next so. next go around i guess but so anyway uh, so volume uh, two volume two exactly so or second it, uh, edition there we go it does. It it makes a good segue into our our special guest of honor here uh, on the cross rip. So uh, before we get into the actual interview, Chris, I do feel like we need to disclaim a couple of things here. So um, inevitably, a lot of these guys, uh, Ivan, uh, Dan, who you heard at the top of the show, even Bill Murray, like we, we've always joked about how Bill Murray always gets the questions, but. Um, inevitably somebody always asks them what's next, when is it coming out? And and they're looking for those scoops. Um, and I, I want to forewarn you guys, we didn't want to do that. We purposely didn't want to go in and talk to Ivan and, and press him for information on stuff that's coming out because, uh, one, you've already heard what he's going to say. Um, I, I think that's been well covered in the news and we certainly weren't going to get any big scoops and, but that's not necessarily what we wanted either. Um, I feel like, and Chris, I'm talking, this is for me, this may not be for you as well, but if I were to ever meet Santa Claus, I would not ask him what I'm going to get for Christmas this <laughs> December. I would ask him, dude, how do you do this? Why? Why do you do this? How do you get around the world in, in no time at all in one evening? And I, no, I, I, need, I need answers. I need to talk to you about why you do this and how you do this. And uh, that's Well, just, we did, yeah, we did debate you know, grilling him about Space Jam too, but <laughs> we in the end we passed. We on passed that. up on that, yeah. Um, so, uh, so he he does allude to a few things, you know, because we were we were talking to him about the VR a little bit. So he he does mention that, and and he does mention the animated movie a little bit. But um, but if if you are looking for the big hot scoop that uh, the new Ghostbusters live action movie is is going to be shooting in 2019 and it's going to star blah blah blah, no. That's that's not what this interview is. Um, I mean, that said, it's a really great conversation. He was he was very open and he was really great about um, just having a conversation with us, Chris. This wasn't it was less of an interview and more of us just talking comedy with him. And yeah, uh, it, it just a lot of fun. And um, uh, Mr. John Yacaba was in the room with us, too. And, and I think he put it the best way he said, uh, I feel like I was watching a master's class or, or listening to a master's class on comedy. So it, that's what is coming up here. I just, I want to forewarn you guys because you got to set the expectations here. Um, a master class with a master and two idiots. And, yeah, exactly. And the two TAs trying to run the <laughs> class. But, uh, so anyway, so let's, let's hop into the interview. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? What are you supposed to do, some kind of a cosmonaut? What has that got to do with it? Back off. 
scientist. Uh, so Ivan, here we are. It's 30-some plus years later after you were in Martha's Vineyard with Dan working on the original script. And uh, Did you imagine that you would be in a building that has the firehouse facade talking about Ghostbusters virtual reality 30 years later? Is this something that you expected would stick with you, that you would continue to have Ghostbusters in, in your, uh, your bag of tricks, so to speak, all these years later? No, I can honestly say I wasn't thinking we'd be doing virtual reality <laughs> so 30 odd That's years, true. 35 years later. I think we knew we had a good story and a funny story with wonderful actors. And, um, and it turned out to be that the the movie is quite innovative. And, uh, and it's sort of not most, it's not spoken like about that very often. It's, it's thought of as beloved and funny and all those sure. But there's something really innovative about the film. So it it makes sense that something new like VR, um, that Ghostbusters becomes a good subject matter uh, for this new technology. Is that what keeps it interesting for you all these years later? All the different storytelling avenues that you can explore through VR or animation or different different options now that you have? Well, I just keep thinking that you know, Ghostbusters is has got a lot of storytelling opportunity in it, and sure. we have a long way to go before you know we're going to see the end of that. And you know, just the this whole sense that ghosts exist, that they're both scary and benign, that it's possible to catch capture them and and hold on to them and communicate with them, and I don't know, it's it's something that has occupied mankind for centuries as a kind of concept and uh and apart from making like horror movies this is a whole new way of doing doing the talking about that relationship and so i think that's possibly why it's been so successful and also just the friendship whether it was the the four men in the first two movies or the four women in the last film there is something about those relationships that is you know, very enjoyable to be part of. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's such a rarity with these Ghostbusters films. You can do a buddy comedy, but it's it can be surprising because it breaks genres and it does all of these different things that uh, it's so unique. It's such an, an yeah. interesting opportunity. I mean, that was the tough thing about the original film is that it was really a cross-genre film that had never been done before and done sincerely, even though it's funny. Yeah. And... um and I think that was part of a, and and operate at a scale that you were surprised at. Yeah, and it's unique too in the sense because Chris and I love to talk. We talked with Dan a little bit earlier about it, but I was a kid when Ghostbusters came out. Now here I am, and and our kids are here doing the virtual reality thing, and so we have these multiple generations now that have grown up with Ghostbusters. Yes. But comedy is always evolving too. You've got. The Stooges and the Marx Brothers are vastly different from the comedies of the 70s and the 80s and are vastly different from the Apatows and the comedies that are coming out today. Do you feel like comedy is evolving? Are audiences evolving? Is it a little bit of both? Well, I'm not sure I agree, agree with your thesis. Oh. I mean, I think it's the language is a little bit different, but the kinds of things that make us laugh are pretty well the same things that made us laugh with the Marx Brothers or Stooges movies. Yeah. Uh, look, those movies make me laugh, uh, sure, and, yeah. I, and I think they make 
my kids laugh. So it's pretty uh, timeless. Yeah, the surroundings are a little different, and it's a little creaker, people moving faster. Um, but you look at some of the comedies that were made in the 40s, and they're really sophisticated. They're really more sophisticated than most of the stuff we're doing today. So <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've always had a, a theory that it's the language, it's the way we speak, it's, which is more about rhythms and... Um, um, I'm, I'm forgetting the right word for it, but you know, it's it's expressions, things that are contemporary now that sound cornier, that sort of take it out of the era, and <clears throat> certain kinds of things are funnier to make fun of depending on the kind of political climate of a moment. Sure. Yeah, and so things from the '60s are a little different than things from today. So we don't tend not to say that's cool and groovy and whatever but it's that the only real difference is language yeah i mean the fundamentals like timing and, and joke structure that never really changes that's, that's no true. and the surprise of falling on your ass is still <laughs> really funny, funny yeah. and it's always been funny and <laughs> you know and the more you you know you shift it up that's what makes it really work does it make it difficult to surprise audiences then so with with the new film the new ghostbusters film that just came out in 2016 is it a challenge because audiences now expect certain things, or do you play with that a little bit? How do you keep them surprised? I think both. I mean, you play with it to keep it uh, fresh. And it's finding new ways to be both sincere and ironic, uh, sure. sort of to keep the humor going. I think part of the problem today is that we see so much. We're so saturated by media of every right. kind. So we're, we've got an entertainment overload. <laughs> You know, it's on our it's on our telephones and it's yeah. on our TV sets at home and our computers and in the movie screens. And so we're getting it in short snippets. I think we're less patient uh, because we're used to seeing things in five minute yeah. max downloads. So um, and particularly in comedy, that's very it's very reflective in in the in the comedy storytelling. And VR is going to set up its own new set of challenges because, sure. you know, you're in the middle of the story there. You're, you're, you're an actual participant, which makes it particularly hard in comedy because um, now you're part of that equation. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how that works, and it's figuring that out. But you, yeah, you have to plan for what happens if they're looking the wrong way when you fall down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But there are little comedic touches in the because we just did the first uh, chapter, and so there's a box of donuts, and you can grab the donuts and fling them at Slimer, and then there's that comedy aspect of I can throw stuff at Slimer, and he'll either catch them or they'll slap him in the face. Uh, so I feel like it it works on that level. There is yeah. that little bit of comedy, but then it's also breaking genres as well because you're a little creeped out, you're a little scared. Yeah. There's voices behind you and stuff. So, um, so uh, speaking about well, we're the, we can take those things, you know, we're. Uh, and I think that's one of the shifts in, in our age is that we can take a lot of stimulation. We're overstimulated, so we need more just to, um, uh, you know, to keep it going. The, yeah, the attention spans now that are yeah. in nanoseconds that you have to, to work on. Uh, so we have two minutes. We have a couple of nitty-gritty Ghostbusters fan questions, if that's okay. Sure. 
Um, if, we, if you can't recall them, we'll leave them out. So we're not we're not putting you on yeah, the spot. This, is, this will not be a hot seat with <laughs> you. Um, uh, Chris has always wanted to know, and, and myself as well. There's a, a source audio cue in the first film when Harold Ramis is walking through the hotel and he's got his PKU meter and he's trying to find Slimer. There's a, like a classic horror film it's, in the it's, background. It sounds very much like an old sci-fi movie, and somebody says, well, Barnes, you may be right. If so, we've been heard. D- do you and recall fans that have is? spent years staring uh, at that going, where is that from? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to go I to the sound guy. I have to go back. It could have been something. You, sh- you think it was, um, I remember digging anything up there. Yeah, it's, it almost sounds like it's from a Bob Hope comedy or, or something. I spent, been able to, to track I spent it. a while convinced that it was the thing from another planet because there was a Barnes in it, and no, the line no. never occurs no. in it. So. All right, well, that's okay. It's not from one of my old films either, so I don't know. Yeah, not Cannibal Girls. or. Um, no. So uh, also very exciting that the Fort Detmering film was found in the storage locker. Uh, is that? <laughs> I totally forgot about it. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's not much there. The movie's really tight, and we used most of it. So it's not like there's, like, a lot of gold. (laughs) And the fact that it's not in the movie should give you a pretty good sense that it wasn't that great. Um, I'd like to try to figure out a way to get it out there. It almost feels like In a non-commercial manner, you know, in just some way as a gift to people who are interested. We were talking that a a thing to do might be, like, the um, when Gravity came out. They yes. shot a little five-minute one with the other the side the of the with the guy on the radio. I see. That's smart. You could put out the Fort Detmering yeah. scene on the Lost Ghostbusters <laughs> short film. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris, you had a question about when you saw Ghostbusters two on opening day. Oh boy, yeah. I saw it opening day in Calgary uh, in '89, and I am convinced that I did see Eugene Levy uh, come bust them out with Lewis at the thing. Did any prints end up making it into circulation? Was that a late that, cut, or? perhaps, or because we know it was filmed and we've seen pictures of it? Yeah. And then, wow. and then the question is, how? Totally why did it get to Alberta? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How is it in it's Alberta? Canada. They're both Canadians. Uh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't remember. A small I don't even remember doing it. Uh, Never mind. Yeah. I, I believe you. Well, it's yeah. possible it could have been a work print, too. Maybe it was from a test screening or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it probably Some was. Way, I was a little curious also why in a movie where you have, like, Cheech Marin and all these little uh, Bobby Browns in it that Eugene didn't make his own cameo. Was it? Because it is a quick... It is about getting the guys out into the action, so I always assumed that it maybe just felt like it... Yeah, where was it in the in the version that you saw? When he's taking them out of the hospital. There is the shot that's still in the movie where they're coming, and Lewis is coming down the hall with them out of the hospital. Yes, when he yeah, after they've been arrested. And actually where it cuts up. and goes to, onto the action, they kind of turn the corner. And that's where I recall them saying, this is my cousin who basically helped facilitate. Well, isn't there dialogue there where Lewis says something like, I drove the car here too for you guys, or I filled it up with gas? Or I uh, Yeah, I don't remember that bit at all. Like I said, I, just, I got a thing for faces, so I don't remember the lines, anything I heard, <laughs> but I remember seeing Eugene Levy. So. Um, is there any chance that material ha- happened to be found anywhere? That's No, I wouldn't even know where. That would be behaviors. somewhere in the vaults. To the vaults. At Sony. At Sony. <laughs> I just happen to have all the... Because when we were on 35, you know, there would be work prints. And that's sort of what we found. Yeah. We didn't find negative. The negative is in the vault. So No three-quarter tapes. So everything that we sort of edited, we sort of held on to yeah. in some form. Especially if there were scenes that were missing, like the old hotel scene and 
It's all in a can somewhere. Yeah. Um, we adore Elmer Bernstein's score, but we also love uh, Randy Edelman's score for the second film. Is that something that also might be in the vaults that might be released at some point that you're aware of? Well, uh, Elmer, Elmer never did a score for the second film. No, no, no. So I, I meant for the first film. We, uh, we love his first love one, his and, first it, and it got tr- it got the and nice it was treatment. Released. Yeah, Vuri Sarabon. Sarabon. I can never remember pronounce the name. <laughs> but then Edelman's score is well regarded as well by fans. And it has never been released. We're just kind of curious if it would ever oh. get get yeah. some love as well. Well, you know, the second film never. Um, it was criticized a lot, and I, I think unfairly. I think it, there's some really cool agree. stuff in it. Yeah. I particularly like the work between um, b- between Bill and Sigourney. I think yeah. that whole relationship is some of the nicest work they've ever done, and and they're really lovely together. And Sigourney just yeah. you know works him in such a great way. You know, people talk about him with uh, Andy McDowell and Groundhog Day, which is good, but I actually think this stuff is yeah. way better. Yeah. And uh, I think people were just disappointed it wasn't the the scale of event that's in the second film is nothing like what you see in the first and also the surprise of the first when you've never seen anything like it. Sure. And yeah. so after five years, what came out was a bit of a disappointment. But on subsequent viewings, you know, it, I think the movie then turns out to be better than they remember. Yeah. And um, it has lots of little gold in it. And... You know, I, I've seen that now. You know, in terms of just general um, historical critical response now, compared to when it's initial came out. Yeah. Oh, both fans here sitting yeah. at the table. I love the second film. So thanks very much. Uh, so I know we have to wrap it up with you, but uh, are you working on Summer of '69 right now? What's What's next in the hopper for you? Uh, I'm going to do a, a film about my youth, really, um, and it's really the summer of six. It's called the Summer of Love, which was the summer of 1967. It's just like a couple of months of golden hippiedom just before everything went to hell. And um, <laughs> it was when I was still thinking of being a musician and had a group and a couple of my friends. And, and it's somewhat true and somewhat created experience of the three, the three of us. And um, I'm hoping to start filming that in Canada this okay. summer. Sounds very personal, very fun. Can't wait yeah. to see it. Excellent. Well, thank you, Ivan. We appreciate thank you very much. You taking time to talk to us and for thank everything you. you've done. Bye bye. For us over these 30 years. Man. This Don't is wait great. another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470 242 4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for Ghostbusters. Interdimensional crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Wow. So there there it was, Chris. I mean, we 
Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman, Dan Aykroyd. We we really wanted to uh, mark the 100th episode with a big bang. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much to Dan and Ivan for uh, giving us their time. And, and hopefully, especially yeah. with Dan... You know, we, we did get about five minutes sitting um, outside of Ghost Core with him sitting sitting on the hood of the Cadillac, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's the only person that's allowed to do that. Let's let's be real. If I were to sit on that, uh, the snipers, the Sony snipers would just take me out and yeah, uh, it, would, it would not be pretty. But uh, Dan, Dan, Dan's a busy guy, as we learned. Oh, he really, I mean, and always, I, I mean, just in the... the five ten minutes that we got to spend with him um just the like the warmest guy and and in in, during the interview he had people coming up to him wanting to take pictures and give him uh things and sign autographs and he was just so gracious with anybody and everybody and and i often forget that you know a person like dan Aykroyd, who's instantly recognizable he probably deals with that all day all the time so here we are we're talking to him and he's thinking about the next thing he's got to get to and he's got these people coming up to him and and he just he handled it so well. I mean, that guy's a true consummate professional. So, um, and and you know, I I feel like we were lucky just to get five minutes with him. We we aimed high. We really wanted to get him in a studio and do a, a Chris Hardwick Nerdist uh, style uh, studio interview with him. But um, he's just he's such a busy guy that uh, it was not in the cards. So we got that that short amount of time. But but Ivan, um, I don't hear him talk. Uh, in lengthy interviews that often so also no. i feel incredibly fortunate that we got him for the, the 25 30 minutes that we just did because he's he's busy too and and he doesn't yeah. he doesn't really give long interviews so this was great yeah no we we got quite a bit of his time and never once did the uh the uh, grumpy grandfather why are you asking me about <laughs> spaceship all right guys wrap tone. it up and yeah let's get out of here yeah. never never got that actually the his his assistant came in and said you know he's got five minutes and i think we went for at least another 10 or so like yeah yeah he Everybody was, was he was just happy gracious. to keep talking yeah so. um so uh again thank you uh from the bottom of both of our hearts to to dan to ivan to eric who is always amazing and, and helped us set it all up and uh yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is this is a, a high point for the podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. This is this is something that you and I dreamed up, and we sort of swung for the fences with, at the very beginning of the show, and then we thought, nah, we better get our hockey legs first before we really start trying to skate here. So uh, I, I think it was all the better that we waited this long to, to talk to these guys. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, how do we do final thoughts for this, Chris? Do you have final thoughts for this? Uh, uh, do we do another 100? <laughs> <laughs> do we have another 100 in us? Probably. I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. Let me so. just get another drink. Yeah. Um, no real final thoughts. Um, you and I have both, the last couple of weeks have been a little hectic for the both of us. Yeah. Just a little. Just a little. Uh, although, yeah. I mean, and I mean, we've talked about it before. I'm finally, um, I'm sitting in Secret Studio North, and I it's, saw the 360. It's looking pretty sweet, man. Yeah, it's that's about it. Not much has changed uh, since then. I had a couple of frames come in for the 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 Australian colored vinyls and stuff like that. Like I wanted a better way to display them. Uh, my you know, my paper towel holder showed up to put my uh, prototype nice. Kenner Slimer right. puppet on, things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking around. I still got to stick up my minifigs. 
And that's about it. And then clear off the table. Uh, I mean, yeah, basically right now it's... Well, you can walk around it. That's yeah, these the are all thing. little things, man. This is all... Yeah. It's not like building shelves and unpacking boxes. This is all no, kind of it like is No, it polish. is operational. Yeah. So... That's awesome. Um, and I'm going to put it to good use pretty quick, actually. The, I don't know what you hath wrought. Well, we'll blame the Ghostbusters Resurrection guys. Um, <laughs> but I know the Ghostbusters of British Columbia are... A bunch of them are chomping to to play the role-playing game and all that so and i know you've been chomping at it and you know they're in the middle of their new season so and thanks to the resurrection guys for extending the invitation now that uh we we can come to florida and they'll gm a game for us uh that that we i think we have to take you up on that that would be a lot of fun at some point yeah uh and i've noticed others talking online about their you know they're gonna get into i I have a feeling that there's this you know, a resurgence of the role-playing yeah. game about to kick off here this year. So, 2017, year of the role-playing game. Year of the role-playing game. Yeah, let's uh, keep keep a watch on it. I, I feel like you and I are going to be talking about it, and if we do end up on the resurrection uh, side of of the country and and do a show, that would be a whole lot of fun. So, um, yeah. So yeah, Drop stay stay tuned. Bit. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, cool. Well, uh, and I I just want to chime in here at the end. Uh, just to again thank everybody. Uh, 100 episodes in. Um, the fact that you guys are out there and, and supportive of us, the fact that you're out there and you're listening, um, it, it constantly I mean, surprises us. It, it constantly <laughs> surprises us, and and I don't I don't think that you guys understand that we could not be doing a lot of the stuff that we're we're able to do for you because of you. Um, you know, talking to Dan and and Ivan uh, would not have happened if if you guys weren't out there listening and and incredibly supportive of us. So, uh, you know that I I just want to let you know that. I appreciate that. Chris appreciates that. And uh, we we do know how lucky we are. We do count our, our blessings every time that something cool like this happens. So um, it's it's because of you guys and, and it does not, we don't take it for granted, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We don't, we don't go in there and be like, yeah, we talked to this person. It's what we deserve. No, that's, that's not it at all. Um, so it. Except I, I, for 2016 crew cap, which we deserve. <laughs> it's not the hat. Still. We, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, no. I, I just I'm I'm still pinching myself. The fact that and yep. uh, a couple people snap pictures of us talking to Dan uh, by the ecto, and it just it seems surreal. It doesn't seem like it was real. So uh, I I feel like it's worth mentioning again to to thank you guys uh, fr- from the bottom of our hearts. 100 episodes in, uh, we would not be doing it if if you guys weren't uh, so crazy supportive of us. So we we love all you out there. Hopefully the feeling is mutual and. Uh, Hopefully we've got another hundred in us. Hopefully we can keep you entertained for a hundred more. Um, but there's another one coming up right around the bend. It's coming up next week, this coming Monday. So get ready. We'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, you could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.